Hey there, Michael. We hope your Wednesday is off to a great start. With a high of 57 degrees and just a few clouds this morning, it sounds like perfect weather to catch up on the news. And speaking of news, we've got some interesting stories for you today. First up, Google is under fire for its latest projects in AI and journalism. Critics accuse the tech giant of undermining the industry by paying small publishers to test an AI platform that could replace entry-level journalists. I'm Steve Onsker. And I'm Jonathan Martin. Welcome to Michael's News from PocketPod News. In political news, tensions rise as congressional leaders met with President Joe Biden. They discussed the critical need to avoid a government shutdown and provide support for Ukraine and Israel amid growing concerns. And in legal battles involving AI, the New York Times isn't holding back against OpenAI. The newspaper is suing over the alleged use of its content to train ChatGPT without proper licensing, marking a significant challenge in the AI industry. This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience with AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the waitlist. In the ever-evolving landscape of journalism, a new player is stepping in with the promise of revolutionizing news production. That's right. Google is rolling out an initiative to integrate generative AI into newsrooms. They're offering financial incentives to small publishers to test an AI platform designed to assist in creating news articles. But this move isn't without its controversies. There's a growing concern among journalists and industry insiders about what this means for the future of journalism and the role of human journalists in it. Despite Google's assurances that this tool is meant to support, not replace journalists, there are fears that it could lead to a trend of diminishing human involvement in news production. To dive deeper into this topic, we're joined by PocketPod News visiting business analyst Anthony Byers. Anthony, can you shed some light on how this generative AI platform works and what its implications could be for journalism? Absolutely, Jonathan. Google's initiative involves a novel generative AI platform tailored for newsroom operations. Essentially, the tech giant is incentivizing small publishers by offering them five-figure sums to test this platform. The expectations are clear. Those participating need to produce three AI-assisted articles daily. They're also tasked with providing Google with essential analytics and feedback, which is crucial for refining the tool further. That sounds quite innovative, but also a bit concerning. What are some of the apprehensions surrounding this? You're right. There's a blend of anticipation and anxiety within the journalism community about this move. While Google pitches this as a lifeline for especially local publishers, enabling them to churn out content efficiently using public data, many are worried it heralds a slippery slope towards diminished human involvement in journalism. Critics fear that despite being framed as an assistive tool, it could lead to job losses and potentially dilute journalistic quality by prioritizing quantity or speed over depth and accuracy. And how might this affect the broader landscape of online content? Research has highlighted a concerning trend. Over half of the web content today consists of low-quality AI-translated material or clickbait transformed by similar technologies. With Google's generative AI stepping into news production, there's an apprehension that we might see an uptick in such content under the guise of journalism. This raises significant concerns about information quality and reliability across the Internet. With these requirements for publishers using Google's AI tool, how deeply integrated do you think this tool could become in newsrooms' daily operations? 
The integration could be quite profound, Jonathan. Beyond just producing three articles per day using the AI platform, publishers are expected to roll out weekly newsletters and monthly marketing campaigns as part of their agreement with Google. This level of integration suggests that Google's AI could become an indispensable part of the newsroom workflow, significantly impacting how stories are selected and reported. And what does this mean for the editorial process? Well, on one hand, Google's Gen AI tool seems to offer efficiency gains by aggregating content from selected websites into a dashboard for editors. This could streamline article generation based on new posts, which are then refined before publication. However, it begs questions about originality and editorial oversight, key facets that define journalistic integrity. There has been some criticism towards Google's approach, too. Indeed, besides experimenting with a version of its search engine without a news tab, which itself drew ire, Google has been criticized for not requiring publishers using its Gen AI tool to label articles as AI generated. This lack of transparency has fueled skepticism about whether these initiatives truly serve traditional journalistic values or merely advance technological capabilities at their expense. It seems like Google's venture into integrating generative AI and journalism is stirring quite a debate over automation versus human input in news production. Precisely. While aiming to support quality journalism efficiently may appear noble on paper, significant concerns linger about job displacement, content originality, and maintaining journalistic standards amidst automation trends. That was PocketPod News visiting business analyst Anthony Byers. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's crunch time at the White House as President Joe Biden and congressional leaders from both parties gather to tackle some pressing issues. Right on the agenda, avoiding a partial government shutdown and figuring out how to get urgent aid over to Ukraine and Israel. But with the clock ticking, they're facing a legislative deadlock that's raising stakes both domestically and internationally. And with discussions lasting over an hour, it's clear the urgency is felt across the board. PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup has been following these developments closely. Don, with such diverse priorities on the table, where does this leave us? That's right, Jonathan. This meeting at the White House really put into sharp focus the critical juncture at which U.S. governance finds itself today. President Joe Biden, alongside key congressional leaders and Vice President Kamala Harris, held this high-stakes discussion primarily to address the looming threat of a partial government shutdown and to expedite aid to Ukraine and Israel amid their respective crises. Can you walk us through what was on the agenda during this meeting and why it was so crucial? Absolutely. The centerpiece of their discussions revolved around untangling the legislative deadlock that has gripped Capitol Hill. This gridlock is particularly alarming as it threatens not only domestic operations with a potential government shutdown, but also has significant international repercussions, especially concerning Ukraine's ongoing defense against Russia's invasion. Speaking of Ukraine, how did President Biden characterize the need for aid there? President Biden didn't mince words. He described the need for Ukrainian aid as urgent. The situation on the ground in Ukraine is dire, with shortages of weapons and ammunition as they fend off Russia's advances. Biden's emphasis underscores not just a humanitarian crisis, but also a strategic imperative for U.S. foreign policy interests. And how does the disagreement over funding priorities play into this? Well, Jonathan, that's where much of the friction arises. On one side, you have Senate Republicans who are generally supportive of foreign aid packages to Ukraine and Israel. 
However, House Republicans spearheaded by Speaker Mike Johnson are pushing hard for enhanced border security measures. This reflects not just ideological divides, but also strategic ones shaped by former President Donald Trump's emphasis on immigration and border control. Johnson's stance seems particularly pivotal here. Indeed it is. Speaker Johnson has been quite vocal about prioritizing border security over these foreign aid packages, an approach that starkly contrasts with other negotiation points on Capitol Hill. In essence, Johnson rejected a compromise on U.S.-Mexico border security that was part of broader negotiations surrounding this critical foreign aid bill. With all these conflicting priorities, what's the outlook on avoiding a government shutdown? Both parties have expressed cautious optimism about circumventing a shutdown. However, they also acknowledge that temporary extensions might be necessary to buy more time for negotiation. It's a tightrope walk with funding set to expire soon for key departments like agriculture and transportation on Friday and even broader funding expiring on March 8th, underscoring the immediacy of finding a resolution. Don, considering all these elements, domestic priorities clashing with urgent international needs, how do you see this playing out in terms of policy priorities? It's clear from these discussions that navigating between national security interests abroad and domestic concerns at home remains a delicate balance for American politics. While there are signs of potential progress toward averting a government shutdown, deep divisions persist over addressing urgent foreign policy needs like supporting Ukraine amidst its conflict with Russia and tackling border security issues stateside. That was PocketPod News National Political Correspondent Don Gallup. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. The frontier of artificial intelligence is no stranger to controversy, but a new legal battle is bringing ethical and copyright issues into the spotlight. That's right. The New York Times has filed a lawsuit against OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, accusing it of using their journalistic content without permission to train its AI. In a dramatic twist, OpenAI has fired back with accusations of its own. To help us navigate through this complex issue, we've got PocketPod News Technology correspondent Alex Harmon on the line. Alex, this isn't just about copyright infringement anymore, is it? Absolutely not, Jonathan. What we're seeing unfold between the New York Times and OpenAI is a multifaceted legal and ethical saga that goes well beyond a simple case of copyright infringement. It's essentially highlighting the broader debates over the intersection of technology, law, and ethics in the age of artificial intelligence. Let's start with the basics of this lawsuit. Can you give us a summary? Sure. The crux of the lawsuit is that the New York Times has accused OpenAI of using its journalistic content to train ChatGPT without obtaining the necessary licensing agreements, thereby committing copyright infringement. In retaliation, OpenAI has made some strong counterclaims, suggesting that the New York Times resorted to unethical practices by allegedly hiring someone to hack into its products to generate misleading results from ChatGPT by exploiting a bug. That sounds quite serious. What does this all mean in the broader context? It's significant on several levels. First, it draws attention to the ethical and legal responsibilities of AI developers in using copyrighted materials for training their technologies. This isn't an isolated incident. As AI becomes more integrated into our daily lives, how companies like OpenAI source their training data is under increasing scrutiny. Second, it raises questions about the methods used by entities like the New York Times in testing and reporting on these technologies, specifically whether those methods cross ethical or legal lines. And what about the impact on content creators? They seem to be caught in the middle here. 
Exactly, Jonathan. Content creators across various industries have expressed concerns over their work being used without consent to train AI systems like ChatGPT. This lawsuit could potentially serve as a bellwether for how copyright protections are enforced in the digital age, especially concerning AI-generated content. Depending on how this case is resolved, it could set precedents that either bolster or undermine copyright protections for artists, authors, journalists, and filmmakers alike. But haven't there been other lawsuits against OpenAI? Why is this one seen as particularly promising? That's a good point. While there have indeed been several lawsuits filed against OpenAI by individual creatives alleging unauthorized use of their work, many of those cases haven't gained much traction legally. However, the New York Times legal challenge stands out due to its prominence and resources. It's viewed as having a better chance at successfully challenging OpenAI's practices around using copyrighted material for AI training purposes. This case might set important legal precedents regarding how such material can be utilized moving forward. It seems like we're at a critical juncture then with this lawsuit. Absolutely. We're at a pivotal moment where the decisions made could significantly influence future directions in AI development and copyright laws. This case underscores critical questions about intellectual property rights and ethical standards in technology testing. Balancing innovation with respect for original content creators' rights will be key. Fascinating insights as always. Thanks for breaking down this complex issue for us today. Glad to be here discussing these important topics with you, Jonathan. Thank you. That was PocketPod News Technology Correspondent Alex Harmon. Thanks for joining us today. And that's Michael's News for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Michael. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to PocketPod.app.